Between the Lies podcast. Read Between the Lies. RSK, let it play, boy. Yeah, bet the bank on it. 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 Welcome back to the Between the Lies podcast, where we deep dive into whatever wicked subject wicked or warp subject rather that we find our way into as always i am your host and today we're going to be speaking on a multitude of subjects i am going to read some stories of the missing 411 and we'll talk more about the actual researcher former policeman actually turned detective basically in the case of the missing 411 which we spoke about on our previous episode about it kind of introducing the topic so for those of us who haven't heard that i do have a part one if you'd like to start there or start here, whatever makes you feel more comfortable. And we'll also be talking about a little more about the Epstein list and some of the things that have come up along the way because there's actually some Epstein connections to Disney that we're learning about that I want to talk about. And there's various other things going on in the world, some stuff with Matthew Perry as well, which is a subject I've talked about also on the Between the Lies podcast on a different episode if you'd like to listen to that. Nonetheless, let's start with some of the current events and then we'll get to the missing 411 for part two. It all started with people on TikTok, people trying to open other people's eyes, reporting these so-called conspiracies. Again, I remind you, much of which end up being true. But nonetheless, people have been making connections with Jeffrey Epstein to Disney. And I find it quite interesting. And I want to kind of deep dive into some of the details so we can kind of try to get an idea of what is going on. Is it somebody reaching for something for the sake of a view? That's very possible. So that's something we got to think about. But it all started actually in May of 2023. So Dom Lucre, he calls himself the breaker of narratives on Twitter. It's at D-O-M underscore L-U-C-R-E for those of us who want to view the tweet. Actually would claim, did you know that Disney was sending kids to Epstein's Island for snorkeling trips? The Disney cruise ship stopped at Little St. James Island for day trips for years despite Epstein's history of pedophilia. Now, attached to that is a supposed message from the actual Disney Cruise Line talking about the type of excursions and expeditions that would be happening that day. For those of us who've never been on a cruise, like the expedition or excursion is like an extra thing that you pay for, like snorkeling with turtles or, I don't know, going on jet skis, stuff like that. So, nonetheless, he attaches an article that basically describes the trip that's going to be happening to Little St. James Island, apparently. Nonetheless, the letterhead states, Disney Cruise Line, St. Thomas, and St. John Excursions. I did find it interesting just to point out that they don't mention Little St. James Island, which is Epstein Island, until the actual paragraph where they're describing the excursion. So I won't bore you with the description, but they're talking about going to Turtle Cove and snorkeling. At a point, they say, make your way to your second snorkel stop, Little St. James Island, where curious fish dart back and forth in the clear blue water and colorful coral formations nestle back to amazing underwater formations. Afterward, enjoy a beverage and snack before making your way to St. Thomas Harbor. So there in the description, we literally see, if this is a real document at least, that Disney Cruise Line was visiting Jeffrey Epstein's island. I have to look into basically the authenticity of this because it's going to be hard to prove and a company like Disney, no doubt about it, is going to do everything they can and they're a billion dollar company to cover this type of thing up. But if it is true, it certainly established 
uh, Jeffrey Epstein connection to Disney, and it really opens our eyes to the fact that Jeffrey Epstein seems to be connected to everybody, including the A-list celebrities, etc., the people who we know have been associates of him. Of course, that list was just people in depositions that were claimed to be there, possibly, but nonetheless, these associates with him, these people should have to answer for it, and so should Disney. So I'm actually on Newsweek.com reading about this, and they state the claim and basically label it without saying it a conspiracy theory. And then this is what they claim to be the facts. And again, this is Newsweek.com. You can look it up yourself. It says, there are no credible sources saying that Disney's cruise lines vessels made stops or have ever stopped at Little St. James Island. So in April 2022, the AP or the Associated Press reported that Disney denied claims its cruises made any stops at Epstein's private island or had any affiliation with it. But we talk again about the fact that Disney is so powerful that they can openly deny this and run a whole campaign saying that they had nothing to do with it and just try to convince people that basically this didn't happen. But I do want to read the actual statement from Disney because it's very peculiar to me. They're not exactly technically denying that this is an official document from them, actually. They state the island as well as another location were just included in a description of a third-party tour so that participants could identify the areas where snorkeling would be available, a statement from Disney read. The tour had no connection to the island itself, and Disney has never had plans involving the island. So right there, I am actually shocked by that statement. Disney is basically not even denying the fact that that was an official document by them, but instead saying that it was just mentioned as a third-party snorkeling stop. And let me tell you that although they are claiming this to be a third party, obviously this stop had to go through Disney. There's no way that Disney didn't know about it. Let's just get that out in the forefront right now. In the statement, they basically say that this was just them letting passengers know that they could stop at Little St. James Island. But that's not how cruises work. If, if it's said to be a stop, it's somewhere that the cruise ship would travel to and people would get out there. It would be a very planned thing. So it says the tour had no connection to the island itself and Disney has never had plans involving the island. So that is a very political statement and just in my mind it makes no sense. They're claiming not that the article is false but instead that it was just mentioned as a place where pe people could go on their own accord and snorkel. That absolutely makes no sense and actually it strengthens the idea that there is a connection between Epstein and Disney. To top it off, we have photos from 2021 that came out that are now resurfacing in 2024 with all the Epstein talk, and we have it from Daily Mail. It says, exclusive, never-before-seen photos show pedophile Jeffrey Epstein cuddling a sleeping young girl on his lap on board his private jet after spending a day at Disney World with unsuspecting families. To the right and in the center, you see two photos of Epstein actually at breakfast with the characters at Disney. I'm not sure what they call that. Probably breakfast with Mickey or something like that. But nonetheless, it seems to be the Disney setting, and he's sitting at a young table, gazing creepily upon a young girl, especially when you take into account what Jeffrey Epstein was up to. To the left, you actually see a photo of him with a clearly underaged girl, probably under 10 years old. Oh my god, I can't even fathom some of the things this guy has done and we know about. So, to look at even this picture, it's it's a dark picture. Um, he's actually holding her upon his private jet, and she looks like she's sleeping in his arms, and he's kind of gazing upon her. So, here's what it says from Daily Mail itself. It says, Never before seen photos show Jeffrey Epstein cuddling a sleeping girl on his private jet around 2004. Epstein is seated with the girl on his lap. 
His arm is wrapped around her back as he sleeps soundly following a long day at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. So they're not exactly denying that he was at Disney World and now he has a child on his private jet, although it seems to be two different children in the one uh, picture of him at the table and it looks like the little girl who's in his arms are actually two different little girls. It also states there is no suggestion that the unidentified girl in the photograph was a victim of Epstein and her identity has remained anonymous. A source who was on the trip to Disney World tells DailyMail.com of their heart, discovering the long, tucked-away images of Epstein at the theme park around 2004. It had been a long day and the girl just fell asleep in his arms, someone says. The picture is terrifying based upon what we know, but it's entirely innocent, the source said. Well, I'd like to meet the source because, in my humble opinion, you could just feel it in your soul. That source is full of shit. The fact that that little girl is in Jeffrey Epstein's arms upon boarded upon his private plane tells you that that girl probably went to Epstein Island, unfortunately. It states, other shocking images show the disgraced financer dining at the resort surrounded by unsuspecting family and posing for photos with Disney characters. An insider said that Jeffrey Epstein spared no expense for the trip to the amusement park and flew a group of 10 people, all expenses paid, including Ghislaine Maxwell. So right there, the so-called source that's talking about this event in 2004 is claiming that Epstein spared no expense, took multiple people to Disney World, including Ghislaine Maxwell. You see pictures of him gazing upon these children, dining at the resort at breakfast with Mickey or whatever, and then you actually see him with a girl cuddled up in his arms, and Daily Mail itself is not denying the connection. Not that it's the same girl, but the fact that it was the same day, so... Something is going on. There's clearly a Jeffrey Epstein connection to Disney, and we're seeing it all unravel live. As I'm reading this, I'm actually learning some stuff. I looked into this briefly the other day, but I like to look at this information kind of with a new approach when I'm talking on the podcast. It helps me to genuinely react, and I'm shocked here as we're unraveling the fact that there's definitely Epstein connections to Disney, allegedly, I'll say. The theory actually deepens when you sit and look around and you find these pictures that I found of Ghislaine Maxwell, what looks like she is literally working for Disney. So behind her is a backdrop that says something to the effect of Disney resorts. You can't really see through the people that are standing in the photo. We see Ghislaine Maxwell on a Disney stage actually holding a note card, which would point to the fact she was possibly hosting an event at Disney World next to Donald Duck, a little kid, and another lady that's dressed in all white. Now, I can't really find too much background information besides mainstream news sources basically claiming that Ghislaine Maxwell was just there, she wasn't hosting any type of event, and had no true connection to Disney. So we see here two batches of information that point to Jeffrey Epstein connections to Disney. Three, actually. We have the pictures of Epstein at Disney World, which aren't the biggest confirmation that he had a real connection with them but then we see Ghislaine Maxwell pictured what looks like working at Disney World and then we have the actual Disney cruise line taking people to Little St. James Island and not exactly denying it with their response so there's three connections from Jeffrey Epstein to Disney and as we're looking at this this just doesn't look good also factor in the point I'm trying to make here without going out on a tangent or going off on a tangent is that Disney clearly had some connection to Jeffrey Epstein, and they're not exactly denying it, but they're sort of denying it. They're kind of up in the air. And also factor in the fact that many people have claimed, allegedly, that over the years, Disney has been involved in trafficking as well. 
that deepens that theory, kind of gets you to open yourself up to the fact that that may be true. And we also know from actual workers that there are underground tunnels under Disney, so keep that in mind. And what with what we're finding out about underground tunnels in New York as well, there was an underground tunnel that was just found underneath a synagogue, and many people are speculating this was for human trafficking. That's a whole different story. But nonetheless, all this talk of underground tunnels, is it possible that the Disney and Jeffrey Epstein connection is deeper than we know, and it all involves human trafficking? It really makes you think, of course, it's just a theory. I'm not saying these things are absolutely true. As always, this is all alleged and allegations. But nonetheless, something to think about. At the very least, these companies that are loosely associated with Epstein, as well as all of his associates that came out on that list, should at least have to answer to these things. And I believe that it should be in a public forum where everybody can hear their answers. And let's find out the truth. We know that in many of the Epstein documents, there are many names being redacted. And we wonder, why are those names being redacted? Are they the most famous people on the planet? Or they may be the people behind the scenes that have a bigger play in the world than we'll ever know. Nonetheless, I will, in the next coming weeks, keep everybody updated on any Epstein news I hear, as well as on here, as well as on the TikTok, Between the Lies podcast on TikTok. But nonetheless, I thought it was important to go over these specific details as it's new stuff that I'm learning this week, I do want to change course a little bit and talk about a theory I've touched on before. In one of my previous episodes, we talked about the death of Matthew Perry, how we believed it to be very symbolic due to some of the so-called crazy things he was posting on Instagram that I personally didn't think were that crazy. And I thought it was more of a message that he knew he was going to die that night. It wasn't some random occurrence. Well, since then, the autopsy has been done and a month or so went by. And we do have reports about what exactly was found in his system. And then, on another note, we have all this stuff that's coming out recently about some sexual assault claims towards Matthew Perry. Uh, not only that, but him not being sober and basically mentally abusing his girlfriends. I want to read some of this stuff straight from the mainstream media websites. But to me, based on the theory that I've been working upon it seems to me like a smear campaign of Matthew Perry to kind of disparage him and make it seem like he was this dirtbag guy who died because he OD'd in a jacuzzi. But let's get to the details and then go from there. I think it's important to note first and foremost that Matthew Perry passed away on October 28th, 2023. As we talked about in the initial episode where I go over Matthew Perry's death and some of the symbolism, which I highly suggest you check out. Um, there was no cause of death released, not immediately, but even in the weeks after Matthew Perry's death, which I found pretty peculiar, but I pondered maybe it was his family purposely not releasing the information, but then a full month plus later, we actually get the so-called alleged cause of death about Matthew Perry, and it's all over the news, mainstream news. It's not exactly hidden. It's not like somebody leaked the information. Many of these mainstream outlets are actually covering it so I found that to be pretty peculiar because you would know within 72 hours exactly what happened to him so you have to wonder first and foremost why is this information coming out so late but according to people.com I guess that's like people magazine let's hear what they say Matthew Perry passed from and we'll talk about theories in a bit 
Investigation into Matthew Perry's death is officially closed, says authorities. So they state, in December 2023, people confirmed that the Friends alum's death was ruled as accidental and caused by acute effects of ketamine. The investigation into Matthew's untimely death has officially concluded, it states. The LAPD exclusively confirms to people, again, confirming this to a magazine a full month plus after when I'm sure they've known somewhere in between 72 hours after Matthew Perry's death actually took place. They determined they would no longer be looking into his death. The L.A. County Medical Examiner Coroner also confirms on their website that the case regarding Perry's death is considered closed. Perry died, of course, on October 28th at his Los Angeles home. He was 54. They responded to a call around 4.07 p.m. that cited a medical emergency. The actor's death was later revealed to be caused by acute effects of ketamine in an autopsy report obtained by People in December. Drowning as well, coronary artery disease, and suboxone effects, um, which is an opioid blocker basically that keeps people straight and not doing heroin. Um, so they are claiming that it was a mix of suboxone, coronary artery disease, and ketamine that caused him possibly to be in and out of consciousness and drown in his jacuzzi. So this is, like I said, mainstream news, and this has been going around again kind of diminishing the theories that have gone into Matthew Perry's death. And again, I invite you to listen to the first episode. There is so much symbolism in the death of Matthew Perry, and it all has to do with his Instagram. He was posting Batman-type things. Like, everything he was posting was Batman, and it all added up. He even had some shots of the full moon, and underneath it, it literally said, do you hear what I'm trying to tell you? He was clearly aware that his death was coming. Now, we can argue again whether that's because he was on drugs again or he was some sort of celebrity sacrifice. But the fact that his death occurred on the hunter's moon, again, I mean, too much of a coincidence. Lastly, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, Doja Cat, a week or so before the actual Matthew Perry passing, posed for her hit single Demons, and she was on the friend's couch. She was also dressed as a demon. And you'll see in the actual official logo of the Friends logo, there's dots of different colors that represent each character. So there's five total for the five Friends characters. But in Doja Cat's post, again, sitting on the Friends couch in a demon outfit representing her hit song, Demons, there was actually one of those circles missing. So again, more symbolism, more trying to throw it in our face, and more of what I call the industry calling their shot. Again, hypothetically, we always talk allegedly. But nonetheless, calling their shot and letting us know through programming, basically, what is about to happen. So it opens the door. There is a smear campaign going on against Matthew Perry, and it's obvious. So I want to talk about some other reports that have come out recently. We did talk about the drugs in his system, but let's talk about some of the assault claims that have come out recently and some of the comments that anonymous sources have made to the media disparaging his entire life. Let's talk about that and go from there because it gets real interesting. Again, we have an article from Daily Mail, which I don't consider to be the most accurate news source, but again, we are analyzing a source like Daily Mail because they very much so represent the mainstream, kind of the mainstream narrative, what entertainment the world wants you to know, and a lot of times when you deep dive into some of the details, 
we'll learn kind of like the Disney Epstein connections that maybe the Daily Mail article is full of shit. Excuse my French. It states Matthew Perry assaulted women, including ex-fiance. Friends actor hurled a table at his fiance after she confronted him about cheating and threw live-in sober companion against a wall. Before I even go into the heinous details of this article, I do want to say that it is astonishing to me that none of these reports had come out when Matthew Perry was still alive. There's also a point in this article where they try to disparage him being sober and say that he was a drug addict the entire time, and there's proof out the wazoo of it, or so they say. But how come none of these reports came out when Matthew Perry was doing a book tour about being sober? I mean, you would think that at least one or two people along the way would have come out and said, he's not sober, he's abusive, etc. But again, none of that's happened until a month plus after his passing, and that's the same timeline in which the cause of death was released, coincidentally. So here's some of the bullet points from that article. I won't read the entire thing, but as long as we touch on the important subjects of it and the general gist of it, here's some bullet points that were stated literally right on the website to kind of let you know what they're trying to get across with this article. It states, Perry assaulted Hurwitz after she questioned him about a Valentine's gift he bought for a girl he met on a dating app. It also states his sober companion, Morgan Moses, quit after he pushed her onto a bed during an angry tirade. And it also, lastly, states that Star was never clean and had casual hookups deliver oxycotton to him. It goes into various detail about although he was writing books about being sober, that he was terrible behind the scenes, and everybody in his close circle apparently knew that he was never sober and was a horrible person. But again, we have no reports of this type of thing before the fact. We only have these reports a month plus after his passing, when literally probably millions of people have questioned some of the coincidences in his passing, not only being on a hunter's moon, but all the Instagram posts he made leading up to it, the Doja Cat friend's couch picture. I mean, so much of it lines up. So you start to wonder, at least in my mind, this has to be a way to disparage the image of Matthew Perry. And in my personal opinion, that is exactly what we're looking at here. It's unfortunate, but it happens a lot of the time. When you'll see one of these celebrities pass away and many people start to question the genesis of them passing or point out coincidences or sometimes people flat out say the Illuminati or so they call it or the people pulling strings behind the media, entertainment, the entire world were responsible for this. And soon after we have these multiple allegations that tarnish somebody's reputation. So I just find that to be extremely coincidental. I don't find it to be logical that it took a month plus to put out the cause of death and go public with that. It just doesn't make any logical sense. You would think with all the media surrounding Matthew Perry's passing in the first week that that story would have broke. If that information was given to somebody, it would have broke by now. So nonetheless, before I go on a huge tangent, keep looking into the Matthew Perry stuff as I have and listen to my first episode where on the second half I touch on the Matthew Perry circumstances and you'll be as dumbfounded as I have been and when I look at this personally I see some type of celebrity ritual or occult sacrifice and again that's just my opinion but nonetheless I wanted to update everybody on that and I do want to go into one last current kind of conspiracy shrouded type of subject before we end today's podcast I was planning to split this episode talk just Epstein and Disney and the missing 411 
But at some point when I'm looking at all this information, sometimes I just go on a tangent and I want to talk about different stuff in the same episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to put off the missing 411 for another day and we're going to finish off with some of the claims of UAPs, that's Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, otherwise known as UFOs. And basically some of the things that have been coming out recently involving some of the claims from David Grush. For those of us who don't know David Grush, uh, he was a former United States Air Force officer and former intelligence official. He was interviewed sometime in 2023 by various media outlets and testified in the U.S. House of Representatives. Grush claimed that he had conversations with unnamed officials that led him to believe that the U.S. federal government maintains a secretive UFO recovery program and is in possession of non-human spacecraft, along with their dead pilots. In 2022, he filed a whistleblower complaint with the U.S. Office of the Intelligence Community Inspector General to support his plan to share classified information with the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. He also filed a complaint alleging retaliation by his superiors over a similar complaint he made in 2021. So, not speaking too far off the course, I think everybody, when David Grush first came out and claimed some of these things and basically was a whistleblower, we got excited because we thought, oh, well, maybe we're finally getting closer to knowing what's going on with aliens and UFOs. And I'm sad to report that that's far from true. So, he came out with these claims. Look into David Grush if you already haven't. It is absolutely compelling. He kind of talks in circles, and it's kind of hard to explain the type of things he's saying. He talks and speaks very politically throughout the testimony, but nonetheless, he was kind of blowing the lid off the fact that our own government may be hiding UFO aliens and some of their knowledge on the subject from us. Nonetheless, five days ago, we got a bit of an update in terms of the entire thing. So the House Committee actually received a classified UAP briefing. Now, the article is from News Nation Now, and we'll paraphrase a little bit, but some members of Congress received a classified briefing on UAPs Friday, again, unidentified aerial phenomena, though many told News Nation that they were far from clarity about the U.S.'s encounters with them. So a few of the representatives spoke. And one of them stated this, and I identified a lot with this one, and I think we all will. I think what most of the American people fear is true is that the government, there's much more of a concerted effort to conceal as much information as possible, both from Congress and to the general public. So I know, me personally, when David Grush came out and made some of these claims, I was hoping that the entire lid would be blown off and the government would just kind of come to us and say, okay, here's what we know about aliens. But unfortunately, that was just wishful thinking. Of course, in this matter, that did not happen. And based on the meeting that actually the House committee had, we're not getting a lot of information from it. All we really saw was representatives coming out. A lot of them looked stunned in the face, and they're actually downplaying some of the information that was received at the hearing, although they kind of look like they had just seen a ghost. And you can look at that yourself. There's interviews of them coming out and literally they look bug-eyed unless they're all doing drugs in there. That's another thing. I mean, I guess that's completely possible. But nonetheless, they're downplaying the significance of this hearing and basically saying we didn't get a lot of answers and we're still fighting to get answers for the American people as well as the entire world. 
Well, I'm here to tell you that if they haven't told us the truth about it by now, it will never come out. So I hate to say this, but in my humble opinion, the Grush testimony is all for naught. It seems like one of those things that just gets people like me and you, conspiracy theorists, people who just look deeper into the truth, all excited because we've known for a long time, and most people will tell you this, we cannot be the only intelligent life forms. Of course, we have animals, etc., but there is no way that there have been this many UFO sightings in the last hundred years. We have places like Roswell where there's eyewitness testimony, etc., and just so many coincidences going on. There is no way that all of these appearances of these UFOs are happening at such an alarming rate. Even in the last five or six years, I would say that even more UFOs are being seen every single day. And the House committee apparently was trying to get everybody on the same page so that local pilots that aren't communicating with the government could have some type of information source they could report to when they see some of these UFOs. But apparently not too much traction is happening on that as well. So unfortunately, when you see that eye-popping headline about the House committee receiving this briefing, you think, oh, maybe we're going to get some information. But really all we have is more questions. The questions lie here. Why is it that the government feels that they can hide this information from us? Because based on what we know, we know that more information is not being given to us by the government. We hear the Grush testimony, etc. And we know he's basically pointing to the fact that a lot of these things are being hidden from the general public. Now, is that for fear of public outcry or mass hysteria? Maybe. But I think in 2024, we deserve to know what the hell is going on with aliens and all these sightings. So let's cut the crap and just get to it. I know that a lot of people would go crazy about it. I know it not, might not be something that people are ready to hear. But at the same time, there's millions of people that are ready to hear it. And I just wanted to update that story as well. I pray in the coming months that we will find some clarity and really, before the day I die, I'd really like to be able to tell you whether or not there is intelligent life beyond this planet, or is there more than we know to this entire universe? Unfortunately, knowledge is power, and we see governments all the time hiding knowledge from their citizens, and that's a way to maintain power. Is it possible that if the lid was blown off the UFO thing today, that Many people would revolt against the government and be so scared of UFOs that they wouldn't follow their local politicians or vote for their local politicians. Maybe they wouldn't go to work. Maybe nothing else would matter because our whole world had been turned upside down. And that's the fear that the government is operating under. And that's a big reason why we aren't being told these things. But we're also being teased with the information, which really spins my head around because I'm trying to figure out why this type of testimony was allowed from David Grush. I mean, let's be honest, if they wanted him dead, they could have killed him. It's not a secret that the government and the powers that be take out people who are against them. We've known that for a very long time, especially within the U.S. government. So how he was allowed to testify and spur up so much interest again in the subject, for it to be all for naught, basically, because we're literally finding out nothing from this so-called briefing. But nonetheless, it's extremely frustrating. I wanted to update that story. That's another one that I've been reporting on throughout the Between the Lies podcast, um, some of my episodes along the way. It is extremely frustrating. But again, I pray that we get some type of answer 
in our lifetimes. But let's remember, there's no way we can be the most intelligent life form in this entire galaxy. I mean, people are still setting themselves on fire and jumping through tables, etc. So there has to be a more intelligent life form out there. I just pray that the lid gets blown off it at some point. Nonetheless, I want to thank everybody, as always, for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. I know I was a little all over the place today with subjects, but that's just because my mind is always racing looking at some of this information and trying to read between the lies, as cliche as it sounds, for you guys. I just want to open even one person's eyes to some of these things that happen in the world, and there's just too many coincidences to ignore. My entire goal throughout my entire life has been and will be to open up one person's mind to the fact that some of this stuff may be possible. So that's also a job of the people listening to this. If you're listening to this information and you're really looking into it and you're starting to conclude some of the same things I am, pass it on to a friend. Show the Between the Lies podcast to somebody. Show my TikTok to somebody. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to spread this information. We're not about spreading disinformation. We're about reading between the lies. I appreciate everybody who reaches out to me. I have a few friends who listen every other week, every week now, because I'm doing it weekly, another thing to be excited about. And they'll reach out and say, hey, I love this episode. Maybe next time you could include this. I love the feedback, whether that be positive or negative. Feel free to reach out to me on the Between the Lies podcast TikTok comment on my video. If you have any information you want to share with me that you believe is pertinent to some of these theories we talked about today, feel free to share with me. I'm always down to learn. I'm always down to divulge the information I have as well. As always, thank you for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. Until next week, signing off.